Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 11 of IFNZ Presents. That was a hoot. Rocco Modern Life Recap Series. Not many. Not many. I took the mini out. Did you know? Macro series. It is macro. What is it? Is yeah, that maxi what you said? Maxi series. Maxi series. Maxi pad series. Yes. Which one? Like an always brand? What did we decide? Did we tell everybody? Did we prep them for how long this series will be? Very. Or did we? Um, <laughs> also, this is regular episodes now. So welcome <laughs> for people who listen to 150. Oh, yeah. <laughs> going into this, knowing that there, there are no other numbered episodes now for a while. This is, this is what you get. This is it. Uh, and and I'd, so get Paramount Plus and strap in because you're in for one hell of a donkey show. I feel like people have been enjoying it. The feedback I've gotten is good. Yeah, yeah. Who gave you feedback? Um, this guy. What's his name? Uh, thirty-five episodes is what we're going to end up on, most likely. Oh, thirty-five out of yeah. yeah. Gotcha. That's our maxi series. That's a maxi. Yeah. Would that classify as a maxi in a comic standing? Um. I don't know. It might be too big for a maxi, mm-hmm. especially with the way that uh, comic book series go anymore. You say macro is bigger than maxi, or is that smaller? I don't know if macro series is a term. Ulta, ultimate series, like Ulta, Ulta, Ulti. That seems Ulti bigger. series. That's bigger than maxi. Yeah, I would say so. An Ulti series. <laughs> so welcome to episode eleven of That Was a Hoot, a Rocco's Modern Life Ulti series. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're heading into season two, episode three, segment one. This one is Lounge Singer. We're starting off at the Pacho Heaven trailer park where Filbert lives. Uh, he's looking out of his window uh, of a trailer and he pulls down a backdrop that says Philb while he is scatting. That could be taken two different ways. Yeah, yeah. But like, like either the scat man or poop play uh he turns on the jukebox type thing i'm not sure it says something on it but i i'm just we're gonna call it a jukebox for the sake of the story it's like a karaoke machine i think oh there we go is what it's, meant it's karaoke machine uh, for the sake of the story and it uh <laughs> it plays beats and uh that makes sense because it plays the music but not the words yeah karaoke machine a la karaoke <laughs> <laughs> i haven't been to a karaoke situation in a long time it seems like yeah Huh. We got uh we did not we but my you got dad, a karaoke machine. My dad got Betty a karaoke machine. That's actually pretty cool, honestly. Hmm. Um, Bluetooth pairs to the phone or whatever you want to nice. do, so that way, um, or or even you know your TV, so that way if you YouTube the audio over mm-hmm. to your karaoke machine, you can have the words pop up there and do that. Cool. Has an app that work that goes with it, but it doesn't work great. Oh, so I, I was see. just like, you used to do the Bluetooth. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Nice. So I guess my karaoke experience is a little bit fresher. Yeah. More fresh than yours. You're, you're fresh on that. Uh, <laughs> uh, he puts on a show for no one while he's in, a, in his living room. Who hasn't done that? Who hasn't put on a show in their own living room? Uh, he starts to sing and uh, it turns out that he is an awesome lounge singer. Uh, his voice is just very hey. super velvety. Um, and outside of his windows, the flowers start perking up and the sun starts shining and everything's super happy um, in the most cartoony uh, Absolutely. thing that you could possibly imagine because of his singing. And Rocco is following the voice to Filbert's house and knocks on the door. And Filbert shuts everything down. He answers the door. Uh, Rocco's like, your voice is amazing. You should sing in front of people. And uh, Filbert immediately gets nervous and uh, breaks down in full body hives, uh, which isn't the only time that that happens. I think no, nah, that might be next. Is this the episode whenever he goes inside of a shell and Rocco sticks his head inside of a shell and he's like rubbing the cream? It could be. 
I'm not sure. I remember at one point in time. It's like inside of his shell is also like a miniature version of a house. Yes. So if he's like tucked yeah. inside of it, he's got like a chair and a lamp or something yeah. inside of his shell at all times, yeah. basically. Because he's like, oh, no, get the ointment. Yeah. And uh, and I remember Rocco standing there just like squeezing the tube and they're mm-hmm. just like ointment. Just spilling out. Everywhere. He gets like a huge lather and starts covering his arms. Uh, Filbert says his greatest dream would be to be a lounge singer. And shows Rocco his lounge singer Hall of Fame that includes the uh, the greatest people ever, like Jack Walla, uh, John Charisma, Johnny Charisma, Bobby Gilla, Frank Salamander, and Buddy Gecko. Do you are these all like uh, like people that they've just changed the names? Like, is I'm assuming Frank Sinatra is Frank Salamander, probably. But Buddy I, Gecko is maybe Buddy Holly. He wasn't a lounge singer, though. No, but I mean, I don't really know. I don't. I'm I don't. Just, sorry, I don't know. I don't know there. any lounge singers. I guess Buddy Hall. Is that a lounge singer? John. Who would Johnny Charisma be? What's a Johnny? Carson. Yeah, he was a, a lounge singer once. <laughs> uh, Rocco talks to Phil. Talks Filbert into going to the O room, uh, which is a different uh, situation. That could be taken I'm two ways. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> But he's nervous, and Rocco tells him uh, to picture the audience naked. Uh, of course, Filbert walks out, and he says he can't do it; it's too disgusting. And Rocco goes out and sticks his head out, and he goes, "Yuck! Open mic night is a very dangerous night." He didn't do the voice. You're I'm so not, good at it. I'm, am I good at it? Yeah, I think so. I'd sound like yeah. Go ahead. I'm like open mic night is a danger, very dangerous night. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just cute when you do it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Filbert sulking alone at home when Buddy Gecko comes on the TV to sell his motivational tape, Gecko Netics. He orders it and then goes back to open mic night. Uh, Filbert takes to the stage, and this time he starts singing Hypochondria, which I imagine has to be an original song, Mm -hmm. uh, because who else would sing about Hypochondria? This is kind of a a small riff maybe on uh, High Anxiety, the Mel Brooks movie. Because there's a moment in that movie where he actually sings a song called High Anxiety as a lounge singer in oh. a lounge club. Okay. Um, and that whole movie is just a big riff on and spoof on a bunch of Alfred Hitchcock classics. Mm. Um, High Anxiety being a reference to Vertigo, that that movie. Um, but I think that's what hypochondria uh, is, is meant to be, like a, just a kind to of take spoof on that. on that. Gotcha. Um, and the audience loves him, but he has to stop in the middle because he's been listening to them Geconetics. He has to stop in the middle of the song and get another fix of that Geconetic tape. Uh, turns out that he uh, listened to the other side of the tape, which is how to sell ice. <laughs> they're really like uh, they're cutting some some price. They're like, well, half of this that tape could be is taken be two ways. <laughs> hey, I didn't keep doing that all episode. <laughs> Filbert then goes on tour across the country and makes it to Las Vegas, uh, where he, uh, where there are places named. I'm, I'm doing the list today. <laughs> yes, you are. The Broken Nose, <laughs> Judd's Juicy Jackpots, <laughs> the 25 Cent Buffet, uh, Sleever's Palace. I don't like that. <laughs> the Sticky Saddle. These are fucking gross. Is this all Vegas? Yeah, this is all in Vegas. Okay, Lucky Lisa's, Texas Luzarama, and. Joe's just Joe's. <laughs> I feel like Joe's is like always been a staple for like uh like the uh Looney Tunes cartoons. Remember there was always like a Come Joe's on. cafe or whatever. It was uh, like always a Joe's something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was always like the staple like eatery diner place. Mm-hmm. Uh he meets Buddy Gecko, who actually came out to see Filbert. 
uh, but he crushes the tapes on accident. He sits down in the chair where Filbert's tape player is, and uh, Filbert dreams of bombing and getting chased out of town. And even I believe there's a tombstone mm-hmm. uh, where he essentially has, he's died even because of all. Yeah, of and this. then Buddy Gecko comes up to the tombstone and, and uh, harasses him while he's dead in the grave. Yes, at that point in time as well. <laughs> and Buddy's like, just don't worry about it. Those tapes are just a joke, anyways. Uh, just picture the audience naked. That's all he does. That's right. Uh, so it turns out that the next place he's playing for is the nudist swine Las Vegas chapter. Uh, so they were already nude, uh, but he goes and does great nonetheless. But he comes out on stage and sings with him, and they do a awesome duet of "Come Crawl with Me," mm-hmm. which I like, that is a Buddy Gecko song. Oh, is it? Yeah, because that was like uh... he was doing a cover of the song. He sings it at the beginning in the. In the, I thought it was another Filbert original. No, it's not a Filbert. Uh, okay, not a fil- uh, yeah, fil- not a Filbert original. <laughs> That's right. Um, and uh, so Buddy offers for Filbert to go on tour, uh, but he can turn, but he turns it down so he can uh, do what he was born to do and sing in small lounges because he doesn't want to make the big time. He doesn't want big things. He wants. Mm-mm. I was born for small lounges, Buddy. And uh, so he I goes like, back home. If he get, like, I don't know if it would be like a full on tour. Tour is that what he's meant to I do? Think so I was gonna say, like Vegas. A lot like of a, your Vegas, you do Vegas. Like, yeah, I was gonna say like people have the residencies mm-hmm. at Vegas, and those are usually where you see like a lot of like loungy acts ended up yeah. there, kind of a thing. So I wouldn't. They're already in Vegas anyways. I got a real dumb thing that just came up to me. Uh-oh. Uh, la- what was it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forgot that there's a Nirvana song called Lounge Act, but yeah. I was thinking like that's the act of lounging. Oh, you th- like you thought it was like I'm I ne- just chilling. Yeah, that I can never, go two ways. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never put together that it's it's a it's a lounge act. It's like a yeah. lounge act, like film. literally like a lounge singer, like yes. a lounge act. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Um. We did an open mic one, night once. We do we? Yeah. This is. Where was that at? This is a question. Uh, that's not the question. No, where was that? Uh, I was asking you that question. Russell Hill Winery. Oh, that was an open mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, I don't know why I thought it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> we did. It was a show. It was. Yeah. A, it was our, our biggest show ever. Uh-huh. Uh, it was our only show. No, we played others. They were all just like we played the art gala in Cape, and did we do the art gallery? Yep. Me and you did it, and then we did uh the fundraiser thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we've at least had three. Yes. If not more, yeah, I'll say more, just I to make myself go feel three. better. <laughs> <laughs> At least four. <laughs> um, I didn't find it to be dangerous, though. Uh, so I don't find open mic night to be a dangerous night, as Rocco has said. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, uh, and I didn't any other time that I that I played open mic nights. Um, so my question is, what do you think the root of uh, picturing people naked is? I don't know. I guess it's always just been an association of you're seeing people in their most you're imagining people in their most vulnerable form mm. um you know they're they're stripped down they're naked you're just imagining them in that yeah you know, like there's no way they could make fun of you or harm you or anything like that because they're at their most vulnerable at right. that point in time as well so maybe in the back of your mind it just makes things easier because everybody's vulnerable at that point in time fair that's kind of how i've always took it um i don't know if there's an actual other way to take it or not <laughs> okay maybe i don't know what about you? What do you how do you think do you think um, it's the same 
I, I think I think so, but I got to think I was confused about it because like as as I get older, like I'm less concerned about my body, I guess, mm. like or I'm more comfortable with it. That's more the word. I'm not less concerned. I'm more comfortable with myself, and so I'm like, well, like that's not really that intimidating or that yeah. re- like. And also, I know a lot of people who are even more comfortable with their body, so they're not that vulnerable when they're naked. True, and and uh, but I guess. As a naive kind of thought, absolutely, it makes you feel yeah. negative. negative. Especially whenever you're not used to that kind of like a performance thing. Like I used to always be growing up in in grade school and stuff, like scared kind of almost to do speeches and stuff like that. Um, you know, even after doing like band concerts and and stuff like that, I, I would still be scared to do like speeches and just being up in front of a group of people. I never really catered to the. I'm going to imagine you guys naked right. kind of a thing because it doesn't really make sense in the no. actual real world thing. And I wasn't but, that imaginative of a kid. But no. but also I meant like it's it's just one of those things. It's like it's just becoming more and more comfortable yeah. with everything as it goes Absolutely. along. Like now I could go up in front of people and talk and it's not really that big of a deal at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, there was a period of time like. 20 years ago where I would have been scared shitless because of it. And I right. didn't really know why, I guess it's just because scared of failure. Maybe yeah. that would be it. You're not confident in your material. Yeah. Well, I mean, I still, even to this day have some confident is- confidence issues about yeah. certain things. Episode three, segment two, she's a toad. Uh, this episode, Ed is working late on a big proposal for work uh, and his nose picking boss, Mr. Dupet comes in and tells him that he better be done or he's gonna be gone uh he also flicks a booger at ed ed wakes up screaming at home in bed and bev tells him to calm down and that he could solve all that she could solve all of conglomerate's problems ed is freaking out so bev begins working on the proposal instead so by the morning bev finishes the proposal and gives it to ed but ed literally cracks into pieces he shatters um yeah like like glass uh, Bev sees Heifer and Filbert on Rocco's step, just chilling outside, waiting for Rocco to wake up like little kids would do. Um, and she asks if they would like to play a game. <laughs> I love that because we've never seen that side of things. And later on, we'll see, uh, you know, uh, Heifer just walks into Rocco's house and starts watching TV, even if Rocco's still sleeping. Yeah, but like the that's idea- already happened. Yes, well, like I don't understand what the difference is about this. <laughs> so now. today, like they're just sitting on a stoop. We're just waiting for him to wake up. Like- yeah, <laughs> maybe it's because Filbert's with him or something. Maybe they feel like they each have to like that. Doesn't seem like something Filbert would do. No, it's definitely a heifer move. But and like- maybe Heifer's trying to be like extra behaved because he's like, I'm not gonna try and break in this dude's house just to chill. Or Filbert got there here. first. Yeah, or Filbert got the first. And he's like, I can't get in there now. <laughs> He'll think I'm a weirdo. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so while uh, while she works on Ed Bighead's costume for them to be in. Uh, so she the game is that Heifer and Filbert are going to be going to going to little little rascals this thing and, and be <laughs> Mr. Bighead. Two dudes in a suit. <laughs> yes. Uh, even though uh, uh, Heifer definitely is uh, that that this the enough of a size. He's bigger than Ed by himself. Who's so. the is Heifer's like the ass of it because he has like a fat ass. Like they're not. No. Oh, I forgot about this. No, Heifer's the head and okay. Filbert's the back. But so while she's doing this, I got to make sure I don't miss any. Doesn't notes. something happen where it like maybe I'm, um, I'm skipping ahead. Something happens where his ass is fat and then it like deflates. Oh, um, I don't know. But okay. so 
while they're waiting there, Heifer and Filbert uh, are staying in the house, and Heifer just looks over at Filbert and goes, you know, I died once. <laughs> like <it's, laughs> about the chicken? The chunky <laughs> chicken so random. Yes. You know, I died uh, once. Yeah. I just uh, never, he just realized, finally, I should tell Filbert yeah, this. <laughs> yeah. I guess, like, him and Filbert maybe are new friends. Like, the, like Rocco's just, their yeah, middle like, point, and he's like, yeah. fun fact. <laughs> never had never had too much interaction. Yes. Uh, like, this is a Heifer-Filbert you know, a la episode kind yes. of a thing. No, yeah. no Rocco interaction. Yeah, there's really. barely any Rocco at all. Uh, but actually, a fun fact in this is so she makes this costume right. They get in there. They're they're doing the little rascal style. The back end supposed to be Filbert. It's Rocco's shoes, Rocco's le- bottom of his legs, yeah, and Rocco's wallaby tail. Underneath in the, it. In the, the entire episode is is it's drawn as Rocco in in the on the back end of that suit what the hell were they thinking they must have there must have been a, a, a script like change it had to have been it was that because heifer up. had to tell filbert that he died once and he couldn't tell rocco that because he yeah. knows already yeah yeah <laughs> no i don't know why because there's like you said rocco is not a component really in this episode at all but they had they must have wrote it differently did did what's his face the the uh, voice of Rocco was he off this week yeah. and they rewrote it to be Filbert because he was available know. or what but like yeah it, if you go back and watch it every little every animation of it is Rocco's back half wow I don't think I noticed that whenever I was going through they're paying it that much attention to it I guess yeah it's but that's nuts because it's something you see normally it's it's the yeah. same like shoes that you're, you're used to, you're used to seeing but I'm not that. thinking like I know who's in the suit but I'm not thinking like looking around there and be like oh yeah that's Rocco's body and then he shouldn't be in there yeah but they do drawing like they do they do drawings they do uh like interiors of the big head suit with Filbert and Heifer talking yeah yeah but then they go back outside the and exterior it's is all Rocco stuff <laughs> It's like they just like, I don't know. They were lazy. <laughs> yeah, they had to have been. That's it. They were like, we already drew it. We might as well just see if we can do it and get away with it. Yeah. Uh, so they walk into Conglomo and the costume works somehow. Uh, it's like, I think the arms that they're controlling are, are like, one of them is a toilet scrubber. I, I believe and the that. other one is something. I can't remember what it is, but the other one, I remember them trying to like grab the handle <laughs> with the toilet scrubber part. Um, so as he's signing in something, uh, his eye deflates and then heifer blows the eyeball back up from the inside <laughs> of the suit uh and they punch their way through the halls they make their way to a board to the boardroom and start doing the proposal there and surprisingly the proposal goes well uh except for one of the eyes just goes like it's a balloon yeah and just goes off uh but once they're done and everybody's you know surprised and i think they even clap uh heifer and filbert pop out and they're like surprise, surprise! it was us all along <laughs> like they could have pulled this off but yeah. they thought the goal was to just trick people <laughs> which is odd because the eyeball flew off and they all like trace it around the room the people that they they're giving the proposals to and then they just keep going and act like nothing really mattered or happened that would be out of the ordinary to be fair we've seen mr bighead in a lot of situations where he could have just had an eyeball fly through the air and just keep true. going. Or, I mean, he is in mil- a million pieces right now. <laughs> That's true. That could have been something that maybe happened at some point yes. in time there whenever he cracked under pressure, literally. Yeah. Um, so the executives look at them, and Mr. Dupet wants to know where Ed is. Uh, they say that Mrs. Big Head put them up to this. Mr. Dupet says that it's genius, and the board runs out to the parking lot to try and talk to Bev. She tells Dupet that... Uh, they would increase productivity if they weren't all weren't all always picking their noses. 
And Dupet's like, genius! And he has one of the other employees start picking his nose instead and uh, offers Bev a job. Uh, we get to see a sequence then of Bev working it at her new job. Uh, Ed is strapped to the bed at home, brain dead for whatever reason, I guess, because of the shattering. He's so stressed out. Uh, and Heifer and Filbert visit him in the Ed suit. <laughs> <laughs> Filbert, Filbert's talking to him saying, I... But Heifer wants to be included and wants to tell him we and ends up saying we we and Heifer loves it. He repeats it and they pop out the and they pop the eyes, knocking Ed out of his trance. So back at the office, uh, Bev is working hard, but she misses Ed. The the And she even tells the office workers like, I just miss my husband. And uh, so the office workers wear Ed hats to make her feel better. And uh, Bev meets with Mr. Dupet and she tells him that she quits. She says, you know, is, is everything going well? Are we being productive? Is productivity's up? And he's like, yeah, yeah, everything is great. And she's like, well, then it's time for me to go. Uh, and she says that uh, she's taken the building over the weekend, though, for a vacation. Uh, so she's like, well, you can't be in the be- in the building. I'll, I'll bring it back or Ed will bring it back on Monday. And then uh, and when Ed returns with the building, he'll take her spot. So Bev and Ed drive the building. And then Heifer and Filbert get all of the employees to say wee wee because they're still <laughs> dressed up in the Ed outfit. That's right. Um, and uh, the, we, we they drove the building away. They drove it on yeah. vacation. Yeah, there's like a like up in like the 20th story is a steering wheel, evidently. Mm-hmm. And you can just drive it. Why did they need to take the building on vacation? I think that Bev is just so good at her job and like worries about employee satisfaction sure that she even went as far as building satisfaction and want to make sure the building was happy and the building probably wanted to take a little vacay oh you think the building is sentient yes not i think just that the, a, like not this, just like a vehicle absolutely okay yeah because sure. we we learned in another episode that rocco's car is sentient mm-hmm. so nice vehicles can definitely be sentient um so if if you could take any building on vacation uh a sentient it would be sentient of course it would okay. respond you could actually have a good time with it what building would that be not necessarily where you would go that's kind of here nor there right. but what building would you take uh bush stadium you take bush stadium with you yeah okay good food uh entertainment like all kinds of stuff and just go wherever yeah yeah hmm. i'm trying to i don't know what i i've been i've been thinking about this one a lot um but you could do something like the statue of liberty is technically a building is it? Yeah, because I mean, there's rooms. I would, I would, and, I would say it's a statue, but it also has. But what makes a building? I don't know. It has rooms. It has offices. It has. So does that mean that the arch is a building? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I don't know. You disagree? I I don't know. I would just say it's an arch. So maybe it maybe I scrap. I'll start. I'll scrap the Statue of Liberty. Um, no, you don't have to. If that's how you feel about it, then it's fine. If you if you do that, could I? And two other people join you, and then we could recreate the uh, scene from Ghostbusters 2 uh, where we go to the building and spray the ooze on it to make it happy. Sure. With the I love <laughs> taking me. You know what I'm talking about? I don't remember it, no. It's okay. Um, but homework for the week <laughs> watch Ghostbusters. Watch Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> At least just the ending. <laughs> I feel like I just watched it recently. No, I watched one. You know what? I feel like I've always just watched a Ghostbusters movie. Like it just, it's just, you're hot off the trails of a Ghostbusters movie. At Always at some time. point in time. Yeah. I still haven't watched Afterlife. Really? Yep. I just watched that again not too long ago. I don't own it yet, so. Mm, it's a good time. Uh, or maybe my house. I'd take my house for a my vacation. House? Yeah? Yeah. Do you like your house enough to be 
on a vacation with it? I, I frequently vacation with my house. What would your entertainment be while you're gone? Just playing games? I mean, I don't need to leave my house. Would you take me with you and then we could just podcast on the go? We could. What would we drive to on your in your house boat? Like what kind of music would we drive to? No, I meant like where would we go? Oh. We're going they, on a vacation. I think you want to know what. Uh, what kind of music would we drive to? We're going to make our own music. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> good point. I would say like I would like to take the house to what's the new like Star Wars uh, hotel thing? I don't know. The the thing where you stay overnight and it's an immersive experience. I don't know. The uh, uh, what's the immersive experience? You stay at the hotel and like it's a whole storyline. You don't know about this? No. It's it's in in uh, Disney World. Is that the is the immersive experience when Luke's in the trash compactor? No, it's uh, that's I, the hotel room. It's set, I think, in between Last Jedi and uh, Rise what's of Skywalker. The, what's the name of the monster? That's in the pit. I don't know. In, the Sarlacc? No, or in the, the trash. In the pit. trash pit. I don't know the because it was in Shadow of the Empire too, oh, right? You that memory did not get committed to anything for me. It's like a giant, horrible squid octopus monster with teeth mm. that are sharp. Gotcha. I can't think of its name though. Episode two, no, season two, episode four, segment one. Hike down the hatch. Down the hatch. We start this episode with a fatheads commercial for chewable vitamin cheese tablets that are shaped like the fatheads. That would you eat that? Yes. Okay. No further questions, Your <laughs> Honor. Heifer's watching this while Rocco sleeps, uh, and Heifer's been watching Rocco sleep, but Rocco has to go to work. Uh, yeah, this is another case where Heifer Heifer just walks in. Rocco. He's not waiting outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Spunky uh, in inside Spunky, we have Bloody and Squirmy in a segment called Gut Instinct. Uh, so this is like a segment inside of a segment, mm-hmm. uh, and they are on a boat ride on the Colon Queen. And uh, it's part of an amusement park ride uh, or amusement park. And they encounter ringworms, which are scary and they're mm-hmm. fake. And they see, they meet Sal, Sal Manella. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, with a thick mustache. <laughs> yes. Uh, so in the main world, Heifer finds Rocco's fatheads cheese vitamins, but he's eating them like they're food instead of vitamins. Uh, we also find out that Spunky can bend spoons with his thoughts. Yes. Uh, Rocco tells Heifer that Spunky can't have the cheese vitamins. He tells Heifer about dinner at uh, Granny's house uh, a couple of years ago when someone gave cat cheese vitamin and it exploded 19 minutes later. Uh, the memory shows Rocco, Heifer, the cat, and a pink bunny. Um, Heifer asks who the bunny is, but <laughs> isn't answered. I love that 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 part where because I'm watching it real time and it's like, well, who's that bunny? And then five seconds later. Heifer's like, but who's the bunny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Spunky's stomach uh, starts to make noises, and Rocco realizes that Heifer did indeed feed Rocco or feed Spunky a vitamin. And we know that Spunky only has 19 minutes before he dies. So we have to get him to a vet. So I'm curious, though, like, what is it about the dog's stomach that would make this explode? It's that cheese versus a person or wallaby well doesn't uh doesn't uh like certain foods are toxic for a a dog right like is chocolate is that one or is that fake no it's chocolate is okay so like the cheese vitamin is the equivalent of a large amount of chocolate okay for the dog um so it's toxic in spunky's system isn't would a large amount of chocolate be toxic for a person as well 
No, I eat a lot of chocolate. You don't think it would be? You don't think there's a a, a threshold that could be there? Uh, I mean, there'd be a lot of chocolate. Di- diabetes. Maybe go into a sugar coma. But uh, I don't know. You wouldn't die, though. You'd just be in a sweet, sweet coma. Yes. <laughs> I get it. In Spunky's stomach, Bloaty and Squirmy got tossed from the boat, and he sees the vitamin. The uh, boat guide wants the vitamin to himself and says it's valuable. He kisses it and explodes immediately. <laughs> Their time is not 19 minutes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, once you get down to, like, to... to uh, microscopic Microscopic levels. It, yeah, it, it, the time is a lot shorter. Yeah. Uh, at the vet, Filbert is there, and the vet gives him bad news that his pet is just a loaf of bread. Moldy loaf of bread, even. Uh, they have uh, they have to take it from him though, and uh, they trade him for a jar of sauce because he loves sauce, mm-hmm. and uh, and he is very happy about this until he gets bumped by Rocco on his on Rocco's way in, and the jar breaks. Uh, the vet tells Rocco and Spunky that Spunky will explode in nineteen minutes, but they give him some tests first. And inside Spunky, we see Bloody and Squirmy are presenting the vitamin and trying to sell seen it so like come see this and give mm-hmm. us some money kind of like a freak show almost. yeah kind of like, you know, like a like a or carnival attraction touch the magical uh statue kind of a thing yeah uh, rub, rub the buddha belly yes they claim that it is a miracle uh from immortality and people start to pay uh a gang of bugs go and attack them though with uh with pitchforks and they take pieces of that vitamin as time nears the end for spunky a big chunk of the vitamin shows up in his ear um, and then little explosions happen all over his body where the bugs had eaten it um, after they stole the pieces. And it was just popping. It almost yeah. looked like he had poppets all over right. his body. Uh, it appears that they were maybe in his ear the whole time. I think so. I think that's what you're led to believe yeah. at that point. Because when we zoom in, uh, originally we zoom into his stomach. Yeah. But I guess they could have taken their boat tour on the colon queen yeah. uh, up to the ear canal. Which is weird to think about because, I mean, you're thinking about you know, bloaty and squirmy, like what kind of viruses are these or whatever that they are? They're almost like fleas that live on the fur initially. Whenever we first meet well, them, Squirmy's a, ri- a ringworm, but then what, that's what I'm getting ready to say. I was like, but then we know that like they're on the surface, they go in, living, they like go a tick out. almost yeah. kind of a thing. And then, then they're inside the body and then now they're out again. Now they're yeah. in the ear. It's just they're, they're... leeches. <laughs> Best buddies. That would be on the album. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Did we talk about that on here? Or was that pre? Uh, I think that was pre. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're working on a, on a playlist for Rocco's Modern Life. Maybe we did talk about it on here. I don't know. I, I thought know. it was pre. I feel like it was pre too, but uh, we should. I'm going to pre we should, if we don't finish this episode. We should totally do like at some point a mixtape and put it out there in the world. And this is like the IFNZ. Uh, that was a hoot mixtape. <laughs> And we could sell it. No, we can't sell it, but it doesn't matter. Uh, now, Bloaty and Squirmy are all alone on Spunky. All the other bugs are dead. Yeah. Um. So, were you a fan of vitamins as a kid? Yeah, absolutely. You get some Flintstone mm-hmm. or whatever, you know? No, I, I was definitely a Flintstone kid. I overate my vitamins like Heifer did. I don't know about you. Like, when my when my parents were like, go get you a vitamin, I might take two, might take three. Yeah. Because it was like candy. I usually always did like the two. You, d- you doubled up. I would, I would if I knew that it was like just straight candy kind of a thing. Eat more. I really enjoyed the Flintstones vitamins. Yeah, I like they're how, different they're nowadays. Kind of though, whenever you get the gummy, the now, aren't they? hard ones. Oh. They have hard ones still that you can okay. get, but they taste different. And you try them like, have you gotten them for your child? And yeah, and you were like, oh, I'll get one of these. Yeah, 
she I, didn't really care for them. And I tried them and I was like, these don't, I don't either. I was had a shitty, shitty palate as a kid, or they just are completely different. They, might be different. they just yeah. taste completely different to me for yeah. some reason. But yeah, I mean like now everything that's a vitamin can come in gummy form. There's like really no reason for me to take any hard vitamins <laughs> at all. I just gummify everything. I, I wake up in the morning like I need some vitamin C. Give me three gummies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, episode four, part two, segment two, whatever it is, Road Rash. Heifer's showing pictures of the largest piece of cheese. Cheese again, what the hell? Uh-huh. Uh, the Toe Jam Towers. Uh, Purvis, the world's largest rattlesnake, and Flim Rock. He's looking through a viewfinder, we find out. Yes, Flim Rock is on the TV then. it just It's weird how that happens. I mean, it's almost like they had the internet before they had the internet, because as soon as they talk about something, it shows up as an ad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how it is for me all the time. Uh, so Flem Rock is on TV because no one visits it. And without tourist dollars to pay for its repairs and maintenance, it will be demolished. Hever says they have to go on a road trip to see it before it is gone. Uh, so now Hever has a motorcycle, which he purchased by saving his snack money for a whole week. Uh, he talks Rocco into going. You imagine how much money that dude would have. He got a lot of snacks, man. I know, but still, like that's a lot of money. He hungry. Ah. Uh, they get lost, but uh, they take shortcuts that pass through the pyramids, Stonehenge, Florence, Italy, Easter Island, Eiffel Tower, and even heck. Mm-hmm. We see what's his name? Peaches. Peaches. Uh, then they end up back at Rocco's. Then they go to the Taj Mahal, uh-huh. and finally back on the road to Flim Rock. Uh, they ask for directions. This guy gives a long, drawn-out directions, uh, and then tells the story of him and his friend Fur, uh, whose real name is Frank. Isn't that crazy? Uh, he talks until they're so tired that they decide to find a place to spend the night. Uh, the guy talks to no one all through the night. Uh, they end up at Bates Motel, B-A-I-T. Mm-hmm, uh, like fishing bait. And uh, we definitely get a Norman Bates type guy. Uh, and they decide that this isn't the place they should stay at, so they move on to the no-tell motel with Wawa beds. He even does the whole, uh... Come mother. Yeah. Come mother. And like, he peeks his dress. head around. He's like, yeah. where? Where? <laughs> like, freaking out. Uh, it's the next day. The bagpipe music is still blasting from their motorcycle. They, they turn on a bagpipe playlist from the, uh... What was the name of the channel that they watched? Oh no! Is did the tape come from that? Yeah, because this is like there's a tape deck stuck in the thing. Yeah, but the tape was of Heifer that he put into it, and it was uh, from that. It had that uh, bagpipe club association, whatever. Yeah, I knew you're talking about. Um, So I'm assuming that was like, oh, he's a he's our platinum card member because he sold us the stomach. We give him free gifts once a month. They give him a tape. Yeah, like I thought it it was there when he bought it or something. But that Uh, makes sense. Yeah, it's stuck inside the deck after he put it inside there. Um, And the knob's broken, so they can't take it out. It's just been nothing but the bad type music nonstop. Um, Taco Rocco attacks the tape player to stop the music because he can't take it anymore. And Heifer spots a nearby restaurant called the Sausage Shanty, cured me farts, (laughs) and says he will be there if Rocco needs him. Uh, Hefford in the sausage shanty asked for the largest thing on their menu. I've done that before, though. What's the what's the biggest thing you got? Um, and that ends up being the knockwurst nightmare platter, uh, which has five hundred and seventy plus pounds of pig meat. Uh, no one has ever finished it. Evidently, Heifer tries to order two, uh, but the guy says that there isn't enough pigs in the country <laughs> to do that. So he just settles for one and a side of fries. 
Uh, he begins eating it and goes, mmm, pig parts. <laughs> Rocco destroys the motorcycle until it pops the tape out eventually at the very end of all the parts of the ground. Um, he tells Heifer what he did, did while Heifer's finishing the sausage plate. Done. Uh, he finishes. He's, he's declared the winner and wins uh, rice, rice rooney uh eats the not worst nightmare plow not worst nightmare platter home game that's a mouthful and a weenie mobile uh then they're back on the road uh the weenie mill the weenie mobile then breaks down uh but they get help from a biker gang who is uh they feel like biker gang has got a bad rap so mm-hmm. they they're like no we go around and we fix things for something so they fix the weenie and uh they only have 10 minutes uh before the uh snotty rock what's it called uh flim flim rock uh gets it's not close. rocket <laughs> closes down uh so they uh so they uh hurry up and they push the extra relish button uh to get there faster uh they crash into the parking sign for phlegm rock we don't really get to see what the extra relish button does other than they just push the turbo i know but they, we don't get to see what it does you would expect it to be like relish shooting out the back end uh, of like the you know what i mean like what looks like green poop maybe kind of a thing phlegm rock is about knee high to heifer uh, and the guy who climbed it looks to be a bug. Uh, it, it erupts all over them, gets demolished by a steamrollers, and then they make a parking lot where they move it in a choky chicken at the place. <laughs> it's so quick. It all just yeah. is like you get sprayed, and, and nobody, at least we didn't. I guess maybe Heifer knew that Flim Rock was that small. Maybe. But I definitely didn't. Well, even whenever you see it on the TV, that's where you see what guy is like climbing up, but you don't really see it's the not guy. a perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't and it could have been a perspective of like the cameras just sitting on the ground exactly. making it look big. Yeah. Uh Heifer is excited about the choky chicken and starved. Go figure. Uh so Heifer starts to plan their next roadside attraction trip while they eat. Yeah. Yes. Uh so what is your favorite tourist attraction, roadside attraction to see? Have you have you roadside attractioned things? Yeah, I can't. I don't know. I feel like I'm trying to think of what I what I've seen. I know I've seen some stuff. Think of it while I'm while I tell you mine. Tell me yours. So there's two things. One outside of Paducah, Kentucky. Yeah, uh, there is a place called the Apple Valley Hillbilly Garden and Toy Museum. OK. And so there's this guy uh, named. Keith, I think maybe I don't know. I sure. can't remember. Um, who I is like Keith. he? Was uh, a puppeteer in like California and worked for like the Henson like company mm-hmm. and stuff, and decided to move here. I think there was like, I think he had family here and they died and they inherited this land or whatever. I don't remember something along those lines. He shares way too much. He's a little off his rocker, um, and he has all of this stuff just in. It's just trash that's out in his yard, and he calls it a hillbilly garden um i've been to this have you I believe because you can drive up through parts of it right no you can't no you're just like because this house I've been is through one where you can like drive up to and through a little part of it oh no this is different this one you would remember this one it's very memorable the one i'm thinking uh, of is very memorable as well this is just like the guy's driveway to his house um, mine's might mine might been like in the ozarks though too that okay. i've been as well gotcha but it might be something very similar yeah oh probably and uh, he's got all kinds of corny jokes that he tells all throughout it. And then he also what the only reason he's doing all of this is to save up money to actually open a toy museum. Mm. And so instead of having a toy museum, he has like a 
a, a tractor trailer like the like the semi trailer part yeah. not the actual semi itself uh-huh. he's got one of those that is full of toys and he's got them set up and you can go into it and you can see his like scenes that he set up of all his all his old awesome? toys no um <laughs> but it's it's just a very small room it's probably the size of this room here mm-hmm. but there's only like three foot of walking area around it and the rest of it is just wall-to-wall toys everywhere that's crazy um i recommend going it's a great time uh and then also in casey illinois which is just north of us they have a bunch of like the world's largest of things they got like the world's largest teeter-totter and the world's largest mailbox and the world's largest spoon and stuff like that ruler and uh how big was the world's largest spoon i don't remember and they maybe didn't have the spoon. I might have made that one up. But they do have all those other things were true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if that was like a picture I saw or if that was in reality. But that one's fun. That's just a little a quiet little town. Uh, Casey, Illinois. Yeah. Um, on your way. Like if you're going to Indianapolis is is when I stopped in there. Because like you go north and then you go over and it's it's on your way. I don't know. The, would you consider stuff like going to metropolis and seeing like being the superman statue is that is that something you know what i mean like yeah. uh anything that has a what's as a, statue, a billboard what is, what is a statue that's similar for that like uh what is it chester's popeye oh, the popeye right? statues yeah the popeye statues there yeah um i don't know i, I feel like there's a been of a bunch of other ones that i may have seen there were several that were in salem that i got to see like they have statues there in honor of john proctor um from the witch trials and everything yeah. too and when we were there it was during halloween they had this big huge everything it, it was made completely of wicker and it was like a replica of the oldest house that was in salem oh. and it was massive like huge like you would think it was almost to size the way that they actually did it but it was That's entirely cool. of wicker and it was just like this display thing that they had that it was just like an art display in the middle of the town um and it was really cool too but like i said that was just a temporary installation thing that they put up and commissioned out but and then they burned it i wish i don't think so i don't know what they did with it eventually burning it seems appropriate yeah that's what i was thinking you know you'd have to be careful though because podcast day is a very dangerous day this has been an ifnz production yeah